0: Hi, I'm Paul Marsh, and welcome to another edition of the AFL Players Association's Captain's Call. In this episode, I talked to Bombers Captain Dyson Heppel, fresh off a concussion against the Lions up at the Gabba. Dyson opens up about the impact and lessons he learnt from the supplements issue, how he approaches building authentic relationships with all of his teammates, his thoughts on leadership groups, and he even shared some stories from his childhood. Dyson is a hugely popular knockabout lad from the country, and I love this chat with him. I hope you enjoy it too. So, well, I'm here at AFLPA headquarters this morning with Bombers Captain Dyson Heppel, two days after being concussed and having a few of his teeth loosened from a big hit by Luke Hodge up at the Gabba, um, which I've got to say is testament to everything I know and hear about you, Dyson. So selflessness, uh, generosity and courageousness. Thank you, mate, for finding the time. No worries. Um, look, I'm going to talk to you this morning about leadership, as I have been with a number of the other captains. But before we get into that, your background, you're a good country boy from, from Lee and Gatha. Um, tell us about what it was like growing up in the country.
1: Yeah, look, uh, country boy from Lengatha. um Look, I had a great upbringing. Um, I think living in the country, sort of being involved in uh, a lot of different um, sporting programs. And uh, I think to fit in back in the country and in that community, uh, you really need to be involved in sport. That was the way I saw it. And uh, all my mates played footy, so that's where I got amongst footy. And um, I think, uh, you know, just being able to run a mark in. Back in the country, was fantastic. Yeah, good man. Now, you've had a brilliant career so far, 141 games um, as of
0: the weekend. you won a Best and Fairest at the Bombers, Rising Star winner, played for Australia and in International Rules, and been the captain of the Bombers since 2017. So with that, in, in eight years in the AFL system, what's been the biggest highlight of your career so far?
1: Oh, biggest highlight? Um, oh, look, I think, you know, you, you go through a number, but obviously your debut game um, is a pretty special one. Uh, that was back in 20, 2011, beat the Bulldogs by 10 goals, so pretty special day that was. And um, I think playing the first couple of finals was um, pretty special. Haven't played many, so you sort of cherish those moments yeah. and hopefully look to play plenty more. Um, but yeah, and also playing in some of the you know the big occasions, Anzac days, um, dream time at the G, things like that have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's h- hardly missed a game, obviously, other than the um, the year that all the guys uh, missed out of the system
0: after the supplement scan, which we'll come back to. So, extremely durable player so far. What do you put that down to?
1: Um, yeah, I've managed to hang in there, actually. It's been been quite uh, quite fortunate in that regard. But I think uh, just in my, my preparation, um, I'm pretty diligent in terms of my recovery and any little injuries I'll get, I'll make sure I keep right on top of them with my rehab as well. Yep. So... I'll probably put it down to my prep, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, mate, the
0: purpose of the podcast is to talk about leadership and your leadership specifically. You're into your second full year as the captain of the Essendon Footy Club. What's the biggest lesson you've learnt so far about leadership since becoming captain?
1: Um biggest lesson? Uh, I think probably the main taking that I've, I've sort of got out of the last couple of years is just to truly be your authentic self when it comes to leadership um, you know you you voted captain amongst your peers for a reason and that's due to the way you go about your, your general footy, your general life and the way you get around the club and yep. you know, buy into the culture of the footy club so um, it was really about not changing anything really um, so I've just really tried to bring my own authenticity to the role. And, um, yeah, I think I'm really developing in the role over the last couple of years.
0: So so now you're at the end of... Well, you're halfway through your second full season. I know you had captain a few games when Job was injured. Uh, is there anything you would do differently uh, from this point forward as to what you've done to this to, up to this point now?
1: Um, anything I'd do differently? Um, probably uh, my ability to, to delegate. Um, I'm someone that... Um, you know, I, I value relatedness and, and connections with people. So if someone asks me to do something more yeah. than you know, often I'll I'll say yes and that can probably get a bit full on and demanding at times due to you know I'm willing my willingness to help people out and uh, I think it it probably if I look back now Um, I reckon I'd I'd just probably delegate more on the rest of the leadership group and the the senior players to give me a bit of a chop out so uh, certainly getting better at that now and um, the willingness from the, the playing group to be able to help me out I think really shows they care for me as well which has been great.
0: Yeah, good. Now, we should come back to that a bit later on in terms of how you communicate with your group, and um, because you've got a lot of players, you've actually got a bit, you've got a lead here. I wouldn't mind just touching on Job Watson. Obviously, you spent most of your career so far playing under Job. What did you learn about leadership from him, and how different are you to him?
1: Um, yeah, okay. Learning from Job, um, obviously one of the the strongest leaders in the game that well, obviously that I've played under, but probably seen, um, and just his ability to I think galvanise a group through any period. Um, Obviously throughout footy seasons you go through the highs and lows and um, he was just so stable um, with his demeanour and the way he went about his footy and um, just the way he got about the footy club as well. So I think that was pretty special and um, really his uh, ability to perform on on the big occasions um, when we needed him to stand up, he was often the one to put his hand up and uh, drag us over the line. So I think uh, that shows true leadership.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you've come into this role um, probably as a relatively young leader. So I'm interested in how you approached leading older and more experienced players and even former captains because I mean this is something that does happen in the business world where you might get a younger CEO having to come in and lead older, more experienced
1: people. Mm. Um,
0: how, how have you gone about that and is that presented any specific challenges for you?
1: Yeah, it's a good call. I think coming to the role, 24 when I, when I got the captaincy, so obviously I had a lot of uh, older and more experienced players um, that I was leading. Uh, But I think for me, um, it wasn't about me being the boss of them. It was more so my ability to learn from their experience as well and um, seek advice from them and and not be the one telling them what to do. So um, I think it it definitely does present its challenges, but the playing group that I took over um, were in a, a scenario where I had guys that were just willing to buy into the culture that we were trying to drive and what the you know what Worher was trying to drive as well and um, it 's made it a very easy team to lead yeah. um, and just their ability to show faith in me as captain and um, you know really encourage me to to bring my own style of leadership I think has been fantastic yeah so i mean the, the way a football club's leadership and captain is is
0: um appointed is different to what you'd certainly find in business and that it's, you know, predominantly player-voted, right? Yep. Take us through how that actually happens at Essendon.
1: Yeah, we have a, a bit of a criteria system um, based across a number of values that um, the players set uh, and the coaches set that, that we value as a playing group um, to, I guess, model our leadership. Um, and there things such as um, care for the playing group, um, ability to perform under big occasions, Um, showing genuine care Um, what else do we have there's a there's a number of uh number of categories that we vote on um and then at the end of end of that coaches players all vote and then we collate the data and um see where you sort of sit in that in that scale um which is fantastic feedback for the entire group as well to Mm -hmm. see where their peers see them and um where you can improve in areas so um that's sort of how ours is done yeah and is
0: it basically whoever gets the most votes gets the captaincy, or is there then a short list and that it's chosen? How does that sort of find Oh, look, yeah, well, pretty
1: well. Pretty, you, you often find your, your best leaders are, are at the top of the board, so yeah. um, that's how your, your leadership group is determined. And, um, you yeah, know, well, I think, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Job and I received pretty similar amount of votes in 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 that year and uh then it was a decision up to the coaches and job himself on whether he wanted to continue and whether it was time to hand over the reins so yeah. yeah so i've spoken to a few of your teammates about you and the type of Oh yeah, all right yeah you know. <laughs> i see what they've given you mate <laughs> no nah, it was all very very positive
0: <laughs> um but I, I mean actually really positive the types of themes that they shared with me were you, know, you lead by example you do exactly what you say you're going to do, um, that you've got genuine empathy for every single person in the organisation. You always put everyone else before yourself, which probably plays into that now delegating bit you, you raised before. You're very positive. You're very level-headed. Are these, I mean, how do they resonate with you? Are these things you're actually actively trying to do or is that just Dyson Heppel?
1: Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's me. And that's, um, you know, that that is that authentic piece that I spoke about. And... Um, I really do want to show that that real care for my teammates um, I think i'm I am a very caring person and um, you know through a lot of things that we've been through together that's something that's really brought well, I think that's brought the most out of me yeah. um, showing that care for my teammates but um, I do have a very positive outlook on things um, always looking to see where we can get better see where I can get better and um, yeah I think um, learning and feeding off my teammates is a big part of that as well has that come
0: a bit from your upbringing, mum and dad, that the way? I mean, positive people who are positive are great to be around, and there's probably not enough of them around. But is that just something you've always had?
1: Yeah, absolutely, definitely from my upbringing, yeah. um, mum and dad, very passionate, positive people, and um, they instilled that in me from a from a very young age. So um, yeah, and I had a very fortunate upbringing, and um, I think that's uh, that's where my I guess my values were shaped. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to touch on the, the supplements issue just for a couple of questions. I don't want to
0: delve too much into this, but yeah. you know, I remember that that shocking day back at the start of 2016 when the CAS verdict came back in and. Uh, you know, it wasn't a good day. Mys- myself, Brett Murphy from here, and, and Tony Hargraves, a lawyer, were the ones that broke the news to you guys that that um, had come come back in, in the wrong of the wrong decision. Um, there was a lot of emotion in the room, understandably. And-, and my vivid memory was you getting around all the boys and hugging them, consoling them. Um, yeah, you know, there was. You didn't seem to be focused on yourself at all. You were focused on everyone but yourself. And as I've now spoken to a few of the boys about you, it was very consistent with the themes I've heard about you and your teammates. How did you adopt a mindset like that in in what I'm sure for you was an incredibly difficult time, just like it was for everybody else
1: yeah yeah a bit strange one that I think that was that's really just that natural instinct that that came out um and you know going through that with those boys, it was never a you know a selfish individual mindset it was all about us getting through that together and um, when that final decision um, was handed down I think like nearly for me in a funny way yes it was devastating but for me it was nearly a point of relief and finality that you know we've got a decision it's been made yes it's not what we wanted to hear but look that's this is what it is and very quickly after that decision, I was I was able to get to a point where, okay, we're moving forward from here. So for me, it was just about, yeah, getting around the boys, making sure they were okay, um, seeing, you know, just keep checking in and making sure they were in a good headspace to be able to not only, I don't think it was about being able to continue with, with footy, but more so just be happy in life and enjoy that, that year out of footy. Mm. Yeah. How did you i mean that was a four year period there you were starting
0: out your career had started unbelievably well how difficult was that for you personally that that four year period
1: um look at at the time um probably look at it and go wasn't too difficult to be honest um i'd you know you go through um you go through different meetings and uh you you find yourself in stages thinking what what's actually going on here yeah um But I think being quite young and very optimistic and a very positive person, um, I never really had any um, ill feelings towards the whole situation. Um, You know, we were fantastically led by Job and a number of the senior players um, that I nearly took, not a a backwards seat in it, not a back seat, but um, I, I nearly separated myself from the saga and my footy. So just really, I think having a, a pure focus on on my footy and just trying to improve as much as I possibly can, and just getting around the boys in the playing group helped me sort of separate the two issues. Yeah, and you, I mean your footy obviously maintained a high
0: standard throughout that. So I mean that's testament to what you're saying there.
1: Yeah, I think I think I was able to perform at a, a, a quite a quite a good level throughout that period. Um, you know, obviously got tough at stages when when Hurdy left, and you know you're chopping and changing coaches under Bombers reign for a year and heard back on the scene and then, you know, he leaves late in that year and Matty Egan coaches us for a while. So we I'd probably chopped and changed through three different coaches over that period as well. And, yeah, you know, that, that sort of throws, throws you out of kilter a bit. But I think that's, um, you know, we, we really held strong as a group and that galvanized us a, a hell of a lot as well. So, mm. you know, still playing with a number of the boys today and yeah. I think that bond is really strong. So do you reckon you're better or worse for the experience? Um, I think I developed as a person. Yeah. throughout that period um i reckon my leadership went to another level um since yeah and uh, to be honest i reckon i'm a far better person for that experience i'd look hard to know what my footy career would have done yeah. um it, it may have given me extra drive and focus towards my footy so um who knows i can't say that i would have had better years um if that if i had not been through that but um yeah i think one thing i will say i'll I wouldn't change a thing about the way I went about it, and I think the, the way I held myself. So, yep. I'm pretty proud of the way we were able to get through it. And, and true to your character and your
0: positive outlook, you had a year where you actually got on with life, and you you know did some travel, you did some property development, yep. as I understand it. Yep. You did some work in the media. That was just that's your mindset—is get on with it and, and you know use the opportunity, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I soon uh, you know, I went away, went camping up in the bush with my girlfriend and a few mates. Um, the following weeks uh, after the decision was handed down and um, I think over that period was uh, for me just to get my mind right and go okay what are, what are we going to get out of this year I'm not going to waste this year one bit and you know wrote down a few things that I wanted to really achieve and one of those was a European summer yeah. so managed to get that in for a couple of months and that was unreal visiting family in Holland and um, you know, traveling around with some, some of my best mates and um, girlfriend and their family as well. Yeah. Um, and the other side of it was property, really enjoy property, so um, did a development out in Moody Ponds, learned a hell of a lot from that, um, got involved in my first business which I'm still involved with. Um, so I think, I, you know, I developed a hell of a lot over that year and um, look in the end, I reckon I got a lot out of it. Yeah.
0: Does that help give you some perspective? I guess that's it's, it's so unusual for a professional sports person to have a year off during their career, and not that you'd want that mm. you know, in an ideal world. But did that give you some perspective and maybe even some gratitude for you know, the AFL career that you've got?
1: Absolutely, It gave me a, a, yeah, a huge amount of perspective that, yeah. that footy is and everything, and yeah. um, you know it certainly helped me uh, have a look at what I wanted to do post footy as well. You know, yeah, I was only what was I 25, twenty five twenty. 24 at the time when i had that year off um and yeah it was nearly a mid-career breather um you know reassess where my life was at what you know have be grateful for what i've got and that that really did teach me a hell of a lot about gratitude and Mm. um since then i've put a lot of time into the mental side of footy and and life as well so um taken a lot from it yeah impressive so my
0: last question on this. I, I just reflecting, and you may or may not have done this, but you know, are there any lessons around leadership? And look at this not only from a player's perspective, but maybe even more so from club AFL, the game. Like, are there any lessons from leadership that you that you've learned or have taken from that whole saga?
1: Um, I think. Uh, well, lessons that I've taken from it. Oh. Um, I take about that I think look main, well main lessons for me um, were probably things that I that I actually did throughout that period so it was um, I think just trying to galvanise a playing group and show my genuine care and empathy towards others um, it was being I think you look back and you go make sure you're extremely diligent in um, all the processes that you're going through um, which we were at the time as well Um yeah i think you know it, it probably um gave me a, a far greater amount of resilience and and resolve um, within myself and a number of the players as well um so yeah i think a few lessons there um and in terms of leadership it's it's probably just that that real genuine care that that ability to follow up with your teammates and um, I think that 's had a, a positive effect on us as a playing group in terms of our care for each other yeah so you you come back to
0: footy and you pick up the captaincy from two thousand and seven eight How did you go about getting the club back to normality i mean was it was there a real strategy to this or was it just that 's done let 's get on with it and you know you 're going to put your own stamp on this leadership
1: yeah i think I think for me that that was it. Um, that's been done and we're moving forward from here and it's nearly it was nearly like a, a new journey a new chapter in um, not only my career but the the Essendon Footy Club it yeah. was okay what do we want to create here we had a a, um, a very different looking playing group to what we had had in the previous couple of years a number of new faces coming in the door and it was about um, you know what do we want to create from here going forward and uh, I think that first year coming back um, it was a lot about just uh, the group enjoying their footy again, um, really getting around each other and enjoying training, enjoying the environment and seeing what we could do. And I, I thought that was a really successful season, the 2017 yep. year. And, um, you know, being able to make finals, um, I thought was super. And uh, the shifting culture that we were able to create throughout that year was, um, was really enjoyable to see.
0: Mm. Most leaders that, that you see and talk to have got mentors, um, who have you got mentors? Is it within the footy club, outside the footy club? Talk to me a bit about that.
1: Um, yeah, look, I, I've probably got a, a number of mentors um, with footy and uh, outside of footy as well. Um, a, a major one of mine is, is David Evans, who actually yep. went through the, the whole lot. Uh, the whole saga with and um, Evo's been he, he's just an amazing person um, been fantastic for me uh, for, for footy and probably more so for life in general though yeah. um, he's a great man just to feed things off and got a huge amount of respect for him um, and I've got a couple of others that I probably won't mention but they're for more from a business sense yep. um, and they're just great to have a perspective where they've got no um no real uh, input or uh, they're not around the footy environment at all. So you can bounce things off them within a footy club, but they give a different perspective to what others would. So, yeah, um, yeah that's been good in that regard. And then, uh, look, uh, to be honest, um, you know, even other captains throughout the league, um, Scotty Pendlebury, um, whether he knows it or not, good mentor of mine and yeah. speak to him a fair bit. And um, even you know, going through a rough period earlier this year, um, Trent Cochin re- reached out and spoke to him on a, on a few occasions as well so um, look it's just good to have that oh, i think respect from other captains in the league and they've been through these type of things as well so yeah um, that was great to be able to hear from them and, and obviously job's the other one that you know he's always there to mm. to uh, you know i guess lean on as well
0: so that that would surprise a few people that captains
1: when he's so yeah. fiercely competitive week to week
0: are actually prepared to help. Each other. How do you? How have you developed those relationships? I guess firstly, and what sort of stuff would you talk about with them if you're prepared to share that?
1: Yeah. Look, I, I think uh, I think they we we all understand what each other goes through. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a very healthy respect that we have for each other. And um, you know, obviously. Uh, Ruffy at Hawthorne, um, taking over the captaincy there. Uh, I bounced a number of things off him, and and he's been super for me right throughout my career. Yeah. Um, and probably we went through a four or five week period where we'd had a real flat spot and um, losing some games where you supposedly should have won. Um, and you know then that's when Trent and Pendles reached out and uh, look that they, they were just great to to share some advice on. You know, what, what they did when they were going through periods like that, um, you know, that perspective piece, um, looking outside of footy as well. And look, I, I really appreciated that. That, yeah. that was actually super uh, from their behalf to, to reach out to me and sort of go, you know, it's not only my teammates that care, but there's, there's mm. broader people within the AFL that, that do care about you. So tell me, what can a, an AFL captain do in that situation? You've
0: lost four games in a row. What difference can you make as a captain? Obviously, what you're doing yourself on the field is one yeah. way, but what difference can you make to turn the team around in that scenario?
1: Yeah, well, I think I'm, I'm always going to bring my, my positivity and um, my real, I think, passion for the game and um, belief in where I think the footy club can head. Um, I think the key is to not ride the roller coaster of emotions. So... Um, when you do you know, have some poor losses, you don't get really low. You just try and keep as measured and level-headed as you possibly can and yeah. um, just bring that attitude um, and try and, I guess, filter that throughout the playing group. But um, you definitely need the rest of your senior leaders to um, lead by example in that regard as well. Yeah. Very hard to do it by yourself. Um, and I think it's more so just about trying to galvanise the group through those periods, stick tight and... Uh, I think try and lead by example as much as you can yeah what um, we probably touched on a couple of these already but how do you see your strength
0: as a leader positivity clearly is one but what else do you see as your strengths?
1: Um yeah I think uh, I think my care for my teammates um, uh, I think my um, oh well my, my game sense and being able to perform under pressure um, which I think is probably your main one your performance yep. um, yeah I think they're, they're probably the main few that I really try and uh, hold my hat on and, and and just bring that own that real authenticity to the role as well. Don't make things up. I'm I'm not someone that's going to rant and rave, so I'm not going to force that upon myself. I've got other teammates that can do that, so yep. um, we make sure we have a good balance amongst the playing group on the way we are, the way we go about our leadership. Yeah, you touched on an area that you'd like to improve, being potentially a delegation.
0: Are there any other things that you're you, know, you think you need to improve, and if so, what do you? What do you do about them? How do you try to actually improve them?
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, look, at another area for me, um, look, I think was oh, which I'm, I am improving on was my ability to give that really firm, direct feedback. Um, I'd always gone about things in a positive spin, which I certainly can still do. Yeah. Um, but when it just needs to be hit straight down the line, um, just being able to deliver that straight up. Yep. Um, and I think part of that and improving that and having confidence to do that was just talking to my teammates about how they how do how do you want me to give you some feedback and yeah. a lot of them were like just tell me how it is yeah. straight up let me know and that they'll respond from it so i think you need to have a real ability to know how your teammates are going to respond um to to certain types of feedback and um and that's the way I've gone about it just seeking that from them asking them how do you want me to go about my leadership and yeah. what do you want from me yeah. so do you do that i mean there's a lot of players in a footy club so there's
0: you know 44 other players than you in a typical football club yeah do you sit down with them all individually and have that conversation or is that more with the leaders how do you do that
1: no it's more it's more so well I guess you're around them every single day yeah. right right throughout a footy season and pre-season so it's nearly some of it's trial and error really yeah. on the training track you see how they respond to certain bits that you give them um, and then it's just those you know ad lib conversations that you have over lunch or whatever it may be where you're learning from each other on a day-to-day basis and um you can just tell from their general character often how they will respond to certain feedback And um you get to know your teammates very well in a in a pretty short period of time so um that happens quite naturally
0: yeah, this is a question I've asked all the other guys I've spoken to is you know, how do you actually go about building their relationships with 44 other guys? Because as mm. I said, it's a lot and you've got a lot of competing interests for your time being the captain of the footy club. How have you gone about that?
1: Yeah, no doubt. And that's one that um, I've probably held uh, a lot of value to is, is just getting to know my teammates as much as I can. Um, and those ones, I've I'd, I'd really tried to make an effort on not making – uh, like forced um, catch-ups and yep. things like that. I've tried to make it as natural as possible. So whether it's, you know, you could be doing extra edits and and whatnot, talking to the coaches in an afternoon, whereas all right, I'll go and sit down with a couple of players and we'll just go and grab a coffee in the cafe and just see how they're going and yep. what they're up to, you know, what, what they were like, you know, growing up, things yep. like that, whatever it may be. So um, I've probably spent, I think coming from the first... You know, three, four years of my career where it was very, uh, not a selfish mindset, but focused on improving my own game and doing as much work on my own individual game as I can to now, all right, wh- where can I best utilize my time to get to know my teammates better? Um, and that can be done within the four walls of the footy club, or it could be done with a few blokes going out for a feed with, for dinner or lunch or whatever it may be as well. Yeah.
0: Is it, is it difficult to maintain your own game when you're you have these competing interests? I mean, you have responsibilities to your teammates, to the club, to the game, you mm-hmm. know, to the players' association, to your sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, You got so much on. Yeah. Is it difficult to actually maintain everything? Uh, now, has that been a difficult transition for you? I guess coming into the captaincy.
1: I think for the first um, for the first half of the 2017 year when I took over the captaincy it was yeah. um, and that was due to my I think my my willingness to, to help others and do as much as I can for everyone um, and that probably got a bit overbearing at times um, and and Look, I think my form was still quite good, but when it got to a stage where you started to get fatigued and worn down by it all, you really do need to just focus on yourself at stages yeah um, and I reckon I've got a, a really healthy balance of that now and uh, being very particular on the things that I do that uh, are really necessary to to help the club move forward in um, might be in a you know an appearance point of view or whatever it may be, yeah but make sure I'm doing the ones that that truly matter and we get the most bang for your buck from I suppose yeah. I want to talk a
0: bit about leadership groups. Ben, um, been some really interesting conversation with some of the captains about this and some really mm. different views from some believing they're critical, some believing yep. they're less critical. Yep. What's your view of um, the importance of leadership groups and what role do they play at your football club?
1: Uh, look, I think they're definitely important, uh, definitely important within a footy club, um, but I think the key is to have a, a variety um, of leaders from young from young guys through to senior players, um, so that you get a great co- cross section of the playing group. Yeah, um, and you need guys with with different strengths. You can't have all the same leaders in the in the one room. So um, yeah, we've got a we've got a six man leadership group this year. Always had six or seven since I've been at the club. I know other teams have three, four, what you know, yep. smaller groups. But uh, I think we've got a great cross section across the playing group and guys that you know from varying leaders that have their own strengths as well so um, yeah I think that's been that's been key and just your ability to to invite others into the group as well um, and get different opinions so everyone sees the game differently everyone has their different click within a playing group so you know you can get um, feedback from others and uh, but they do I I think leaders are are super important and and we make sure everything we talk about within a, a leadership meeting we share with the playing group as well so it we don't get that feeling of separation from the playing group. Yeah. What sort of topics do do you cover? Is it
0: it on-field? Is it off-field? How would you split the two?
1: Oh, look, it's it's definitely a bit of both. Um, You know, we, a a lot of it is based on on on-field performance and, um, you know, we make sure we're very particular on not wasting our meetings, so um, efficiency and quality in our meetings. So um, if things don't need to be spoken about, we can move on, but... Um, I think a lot of it is making sure the playing group's okay, how we're performing as a leadership group, um, specific players that we feel you know deserve an opportunity, um, and, and you know there's a lot of it around you know inviting guys in that we feel need a bit of stern feedback that, or other guys that we'll bring in and say, mate, we're loving what you're doing, keep yeah. it going. So yeah. um, it's all based around performance and, and getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that that falls on leadership
0: groups these days is discipline and of of teammates mates um, which is an interesting one I think you know you um, as I said before there's probably some leaders that have a different view of this than others how do you feel about having to take on that responsibility on behalf of the footy club
1: yeah interesting one this Um, from my end Yes, we have our standards set in place, and if guys buck that trend and go away from standards and and the values that we hold each other, they need to be punished. But I don't feel it should be the worry of the playing group to have to worry, or the leadership group to have to worry about you know punishing these guys if there's set things in place yes that's why you need your values you need your standards if you go away from them this is what's going to happen but i hate wasting time talking about what we should do to this bloke yeah so i feel that should be a responsibility of whether it's the coaches or their performance coach or whoever it may be if there's not something set in stone that okay he does this this is what happens then i I hate wasting time talking about guys that are bucking the trend if you don't want to jump on the ship then piss off, really. Yeah. yeah. So, who does that in your footy club? Does the leadership group do it, or does that sit with the coaches, or the, or the club
0: if it's a really serious issue?
1: If it's a serious issue, um, look, it's definitely discussed amongst the the leadership group. Um, but then it's it, it falls within the the coach, and and that's probably something that I'll hash out if it's if there's an issue. Uh, yep. Whoosh, and I'll hash it out. Yep, great, we agree, bang, yeah. done, yeah. yeah.
0: I want to spend a little bit of time just talking about communication. I think this is, uh, you know, for all of us, for us as the AFLPA, trying to, you know, cut through with the players when you've got so many people trying to get get to you and get your time – um, your group is diverse and I think probably one of the great benefits of having a, a leader at your age would be you probably sit right in the middle there in terms of you know the younger guys you can still relate and the older yeah, guys you're not that far away from but what, what can you tell us about how to communicate with a group of 18 to 35 year olds and how do you cut through?
1: Yeah it's a good call. Um, look I think uh, within a footy group you're not going to be best mates with everyone. Um, look I'll get along with pretty well most of all of the playing group but um, I've definitely got my good mates and others that I don't catch up with on a regular basis but I think your key is there is to to ask for help from guys that you you trust so there's a couple of young boys that i get along with really well but don't spend a hell of a lot of time with the rest of their group so I might go boys I, I just need your help can we can we organize a, a bit of a dinner or a golf day or something where you know They'll, they'll then just bring me along and then I'll get chatting with the rest of the group as well. And yeah. that's where you can sort of click. So I think it's asking for help from guys around you that you really trust and get along with to be able to, I think, get through to other, other players within the group as well. So um, and, and also, you know, if it, things when it comes to feedback as well, if you think there's someone else who is far better respected or um, there's a better man to give that feedback... I'm more than willing to, you know, hand it over to a Zachy Merritt that might get along with someone else in the playing group that he can go and deliver that. So yeah. I think it's about, you know, just being able to know uh, know your teammates and knowing the best way to go about that. Yeah.
0: And what about your coaches in terms of, you know, you do, you review everything you know, in, in AFL these days. How do they get their message through to the playing group? Let's just say it's Monday morning and you're going through the weekend's game. Mm-hmm. How do they do that in a way that's effective?
1: Um, yeah, I think... I, I think it's uh, important for them to make sure the senior players across are across what they want to drive for the week. Yeah. Um, just so we can be, I guess, the the figures of that as well. Um, and look, they're just. I think it's just being really, um, really strong in their meetings and delivering it in a way where they're engaging to the group. Um, but I think their key is to make sure that the senior most. Uh, I guess, powerful players within the group are right on board with their messaging. Yep. And if any, any, anyone... Because uh, you get a lot of uh, locker room chat, things like that, so you need to make sure that um, the messages that the coaches are giving to the players is respected from the, the senior leaders as yeah. well, so I think that's key. So you, you will have, before you do a, a, a whole team review,
0: yep. you'll have sat down with the coaches as a leadership group and you worked out what you want to communicate. Yeah, often yeah. that's the
1: case, yeah. 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 And we'll, we'll make sure, you know, these are the messages we want to drive for the week Yeah, um, and then go forward from there. What,
0: what One of the big issues is presenting within the playing group, the biggest issue that we're seeing in the playing group is around mental health. How... How do you guys go about, or how do you personally go about creating a good, safe environment or a culture within your footy club at a time where players have never been so scrutinised? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so much pressure on guys these days because of the level of public interest. What are you doing at the footy club to try to you know, help players around this?
1: Yeah, this is um, yeah, this is a, an area where I think um has well, I think there's a lot more. Acceptance around mental health these days and a willingness to open up, um, which I think is super. Um, but it is a, it's going to be an ongoing issue within the sporting environment, and um, I think within our playing group, um, we're trying to create an environment where, where we can share as much as we possibly can with each other um, in a really safe and trusting environment, um, and that's hard to do. And but what we're finding is. Players are more and more willing to open up about how they're feeling, and a couple of guys um, have shared their experiences, which have really resonated with a lot of the playing group. And um, I think that's been able to—it's allowed them to then uh, voice voice how they're feeling as well. And yeah. I think critical to that is um, we've got a great uh, psychologist at the club, uh, David Reed. Um, who has been super not only for me but been great for the rest of the playing group really relatable mm. um, and you know, puts things in, in layman's terms as well and um, I think look, just having that checking in with each other making sure we're all travelling alright and creating that safe environment to be able to just talk about things other than footy is super important do you, do you think in, so you've been in the system now
0: for 8 years do you do you think that um you know, players are now opening up more and more vulnerable now than they've probably ever been in that time
1: absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely it was uh you know even even like uh, first year 2011 um t- look it was it was a it was a taboo nearly a taboo um scenario really yeah. no one really went near it that was 2011 that's only yeah what are we talking 8 years ago Seven years ago, so it's uh it's definitely opened up a hell of a lot since then yeah and and even for myself, like having a real awareness of it um not only from my teammates but but from myself as well, and just going, yeah, this is real, this is happening, and just making sure that I'm constantly checking in with my own mental health even even when I'm at a a really positive frame of mind and and in a great space yeah H- how do you how, how does the, the,
0: the coaches and I guess the leaders balance this real awareness now around mental health and there's a sensitivity around it, but I don't think football clubs, probably just about more than any sport or industry, are brutal in their feedback. Mm. You know, you guys will you, – you're an incredible group of people in terms of being able to take feedback on board and give feedback, I might add. Um but how do you balance those two things out where you have got to call out something that you've seen from on the on the field or off the field with this issue of mental health and the sensitivity around that
1: yeah yeah no you're right there footy clubs are ruthless environments and yeah that it all comes back to i think your ability to know your teammate and know the person that you are directing that feedback towards and We've created an environment within our review sessions or team meetings where nothing is particular having a go at a player. It is a you don't even recognise the player on the screen yeah. unless it's an ongoing theme where it needs to be addressed. But it is it's team learning. It's not about Dyson, that was you that made that mistake. It's about this it's more so in a broader sense, this is not what we're about, we go about it another way unless it's it's me making a mistake on a regular occasion. So yeah. We've tried to create it so that you don't you don't get directly uh, hit in meetings um, unless you have to so yep. it's it's a real learning I think it's a real learning and, and quite a safe environment, which I think has been fantastic um, but it just comes back to your ability to know how your teammate receives feedback yep. yeah and
0: I'd imagine that's changed in your eight years it may have been more personalized mm. earlier on
1: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah sure has and and that that comes about. Through um, the different players that come through the door, door as well, um, you have some very strong, opinionated people um, that are that are senior players that that were there when I was younger. Um, they had no issue just hammering you for, you know, bucking the the trend or the standards of the team. Um, and and that's look, that was great learning for me. Mm-hmm. More than happy to cop a whack and learn from it and move on. But um, I think that's definitely changed uh, over my. So eight years there now and um, guys go about it in in various ways now. There's a lot of talk at the moment
0: about the the game and about congestion and almost the control that the coaches are trying to impart on the game and in doing so, the players are not able to think anymore. Mm. Having spoken to a few of the other guys about you know, how much you have to learn to be able to even take the field in an AFL game about team structures and all the rest of it, where do you sit on all this? Do you think we've gone too far or do you think where you know, the game's never been better?
1: Um, I, don't, I don't really have a super strong view on this. Um, I'm... I'm one that's more than happy to to go with the flow. Um, there's been some horrendous calls uh, over the years that I go, that's just an odd thing to bring into the game, and that seems like a bit of a power trip. But um, <laughs> now I'm, I, I think the game is in quite a healthy shape. Um, look, it's I think the you know the one around congestion and that that. That varies on, on get from game to game, but um, look, to be honest, I don't have a, a really strong opinion on the on the way the game shaped.
0: Yeah, how hard is it to to play the modern game? So, I mean, are you, are you spending your time just trying to get the ball, or are you spending your time thinking about where you need to be within your team structure? Or, yeah, yeah what's your what's your thought pattern when you're out there
1: yeah well look it's a there's a a lot that goes into a game of footy um, and a lot of prep that goes into it throughout the week as well so um, I think you know now that we're I'm at a level where I back my instincts to know the team structures so that comes quite naturally in my setup so I don't need to think too much about where I'm going that that happens quite naturally Um, but a lot it's a lot of it's around, you know, reading cues, running patterns, you know, best position, things like that, that are directly, you know, not related just to purely winning the ball. Um, so, pretty much, you you relate all your decisions around what's best for the team and where I need to be. So, um, but for young players, it's a lot of their thinking will be based around where do I need to be set, where do I go? Okay, I'm in the right position now. Let's play. Yeah. So, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on in your mind throughout the game. Yeah. So how long
0: does that take for a young bloke to, to learn realistically? Is it, is it realistic to think a player could come into the system and, and, and start being a regular member of the team in his first year or does it take longer than
1: that? Look, I reckon that's unrealistic expectation. Um, some guys just get it naturally and it just clicks. Andy McGrath, for example, yep. comes in and it's like he's played 200 games. Others, it, takes, it can take a long time. Mm. It can take a really long time and until you... Um, you know, it's a, and it's a completely different phase going from sitting in an auditorium Looking at cones on a whiteboard to taking it out onto the track at training and going, okay, this is what it looks like. And then throwing it into a game with a whole different scenario and pressures and expectations, anxiety, things going on in your brain that, um, you know, throws a different spanner in the works as well. So um, often it can take a lot longer than um, even a season, two seasons for guys to really click. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um-
0: and so, when you're out in the field, are you thinking about, like, are you thinking for not only what you need to be doing, but are you also seeing what everyone else should be doing? Or is that something that's best left for after the game and review?
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, you need a real balance with that. Um, I think for me, I look at it and go, okay, I'll get to game day. I've done everything I can throughout the week as captain, everything that I need to do uh, to get the team prepped as best they possibly, possibly can, got myself prepped as best I possibly can. Okay, now it's about playing my game to lead by example and really focus on what I need to do for the team. And if you go away from, okay, I need to worry about what everyone else is doing, I don't know what's going on in their head, I can't control where they run, what they do, it's more so about putting trust in them to set up in the right positions, to play their role and then away we go. If you get caught up in in what they're doing, then I think that really takes you away from your best game and, and bringing what you do to the team. Um, it can be a bit of a trap, I think. Okay. So I want you to
0: cast your mind forward now to the end of your AFL career. Hopefully, that's another ten or so years. Yeah, away and you've got Hopefully, two a few or left. three premierships there, <laughs> and uh, represent Australia and a few more B and F's. Maybe even a Brownlow thrown in there. <laughs> what? Um, how would you like to be remembered from a leadership perspective when it's all said and done?
1: Uh, from a leadership sense. Um, I think I I want to be someone that's remembered as a, a real authentic leader um someone that that showed genuine care and empathy towards his teammates um had the ability to to stand up in big situations and had an enormous am- amount of respect from from his peers yeah yeah well said
0: oh, one of the reasons that oh, we're doing this podcast is oh, I I've been incredibly impressed by the captains, um, AFL players in general, but the captains are impressive, you know, leaders well mature beyond their years. I'm interested in what you think business leaders could, could learn from AFL captains in terms of leadership.
1: Yeah. Yeah, interesting question. <laughs> um, look, uh, I thought, what could they learn? What could they learn? Well, uh, look, uh, I think it's a very unique environment in terms of the feedback um, that captains and leaders and well, really AFL players give each other. I think if you look from a a number of businesses that I've sort of had the, um, been fortunate enough to have a look through, um, do part-time work in um, that, that real feedback isn't on a regular basis We're we're amongst an environment where it's coming at you every single day, positive, constructive, whatever it may be. And I think that's, that's that's healthy. That yep. is healthy for, for improvement. So, um, I think in a business sense, if you can create an environment where it's everyone is open on a daily basis to giving and receiving feedback and um, taking it on board to improve, um, I think that could be a, a a great little aspect that that area uh, business could improve in. Mm. Mm.
0: Incredibly resilient bunch of uh, leaders we've got in our industry, haven't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. And uh, resilience is probably that probably sums up. Um, you know, a, a leader within itself, I think, yeah. yeah. Now,
0: I'm, I'm going to, um, I've got only got a few more questions to ask you, but I'm going to delve into a couple of personal things. Um, we may have um, <laughs> got some feedback here from some people close to you. Uh, so I hear that as a kid, you were super competitive uh, throughout your childhood
1: in junior sport and in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Talk to me about that. Yeah, uh, yes, no, I was a very a very competitive kid, as I'd imagine a lot of, uh, footballers are, but no, I was, uh, I was quite crazy. I remember, uh, when I was really young, you know, if we lost basketball, I'd be k- cracking tantrums or crying, <laughs> or, you know, me and my brother, I'd be beating him up or whatever it may be. So I soon learnt to trim it in a bit, but still super competitive, yeah.
0: Gee, that's not the Dyson Heppel we see these days. No, so oh much, no. I don't <laughs> Now, this is getting really deep into the, uh, into the, the vault here, Rightio. but I've been asked, I don't know the answer to this, but I've been asked that um, some stories about you around the
1: upstairs rail, the French pendant <laughs> light, and the
0: family statue. What have you got for me on oh, those? Oh,
1: you've been hitting the brothers up, haven't you? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Oh, Well, the, the upstairs rail, uh, and that was a funny one. My brother Aaron and I, little brother, uh, very competitive as always. I stitched him up in a game of ping pong. He ended up throwing a table tennis bat at me, dodged it, and then I was fuming at him. So he's ran down the stairs. I've leaned over the rail and grabbed him. He's then turned around and grabbed me, and as he's pulled me, we've pulled down the whole railing. Um, So we were hating on each other, but we we soon sort of teamed up and... Um, we tidied it up as best we could because Dad was upstairs having a kipper in the arvo. <laughs> um, so we then, uh, I guess, put the tool belt on, tidied it up as best we can. But Dad found it uh, not long after, and we certainly got a serve for that. But I think, uh, look at th- those few stories, uh, ones of you know extreme competitiveness from um, us as brothers, but being able to come together and team up when when we need to to try and not cop an absolute bake from mum and dad. So um, some funny stories growing up, yeah. Very good. I did also get asked to, um, or told to ask you about falling into Nana's Creek. Oh, Nana's Creek, yeah, I, I, <laughs> oh dear. I was a little tacker, <laughs> um, I can't remember how old I was, maybe 10 or 11, but I thought I'd go down to the creek which was forbidden really down there. Nana would never let us down near the creek. Um, and I went to cross this log with my cousin uh, josh and i we went to scoot across his log ended up coming to gutter and the, the log snapped fell in the creek got washed down and ended up climbing down hiked back to the house um close call for drowning but josh managed to save me thanks brother <laughs> and uh, had to come home in a pair of pars jocks with a big safety pin in them so uh, i've got a couple of photos from that it's pretty funny
0: yeah, well, I think you've got to be slightly mad to be an AFL footballer, don't you? <laughs> yeah, sure
1: right, yeah. right? The last,
0: the last bit of this is, and I've asked the same questions of all the captains. We're calling it our fast five to finish. Yeah, who's the captain you most admire in the AFL? Uh,
1: Scotty Pendlebury. Why? Um, yeah, look, I think just his his own authenticity and a, a real country boy as well. So, um, and have a great relationship with him. So, I like the way he leads. Yeah, very good. Who's the player you most admire in the AFL? Uh, player I'd most admire. Um, I'll probably go to. i probably go to Trent Cotchin. Um, the way he's being able to, I think, shape his um, his values yeah. uh, in the way he goes about his footy, um, and he's purely based on selfless acts that that are best for the team and focused on winning. Hmm.
0: If you weren't playing for Woosher which coach would you most like to play for
1: not for Walsh um, was fortunate enough to play in the international rules series under Alistair Clarkson um, really enjoyed the way he went about his coaching but uh, spent a lot of time in the midfield group with Simon Goodwin as my mid coach But so I'd probably say Goody okay. good man Who's the funniest teammate at the Bombers? Funniest teammate. Oh, we've got a couple of units. Um <laughs> we got uh Mace Redman thinks he's a pisser, but he's not. Um <laughs> I'd go I'd probably go for someone like a uh, Brandon Zerk Thatcher, this young fella that's come in, that's real quirky. So okay. I don't mind, Brando What do you got on him? Oh, what have I got on him? He's actually an, a fantastic artist. Okay, so he's a really good drawer. A bit of a quirky unit. Right, eh? Yeah. We better keep an eye on him. There you go. Right, last question.
0: Uh, what advice would you give to an AFL captain
1: about to embark on his first season in charge? There you go. Okay. Um, I think. Look, you you need to make sure that uh, you prioritise performance for one. Um, so make sure you don't get too uh, bogged down with extracurricular activities and um, extra appearances, etc. So be really pointy in on that. Um, and just create um, the best relationships you can with your teammates. Um, and uh, I think just, yeah, give it a real nudge. Go <laughs> and enjoy. You really need to enjoy the role as well. You need to enjoy your footy and enjoy your role to get the best out of it. So yeah. have fun doing it good man well Dyson Heppel thank you uh and under extenuating circumstances with some loose teeth and a concussion (laughs) coming
0: in um which as I said at the start says a lot about you as a bloke you know one of the most authentic and uh popular blokes in the league so thank you for coming in and sharing some time with us good on
1: you marshy thanks mate thanks mate